Blog Talk Radio. I've got a deeper love, a deeper love, a deeper love inside, and I call it pride, a deeper love, a deeper love, a deeper love.
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Recovery Corner. I am your host, Tanya Wilson, also known as Authorist Tanya Wilson, author of the book, The Time is Now. The Recovery Corner is proudly brought to you by The Literary Corner. We also provide a diverse platform to bring awareness to socioeconomic issues within our community. Christian values, promotion of small businesses, and support of nonprofit organizations. Our partnering NOP, the Theodore House, provides invaluable services for people who suffer with addictions, mental health, homelessness, and HIV. For more information, please contact Ms. Tamika Randall at www. Dot theodorahouse.org. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. So, writer in the building, House of Stone by Coco. I'm going to show you. She's going to show you. We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room. Royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl, you know you reign supreme. Red carpet jewels, finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you've seen the rosary designing for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories, always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House of Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his lady didn't know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much, you need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best, this is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco, House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyest bling on the planet, yo, she kicking down doors. In magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer, and I'm trying to put you down with games. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy. And if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer, and I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now, when you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'm going to show you, huh? She going to show you what? We going to show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. <laughs> Welcome back to the Recovery Corner. I am your host. Author is Tanya Wilson, and my guest for this evening is artist and writer Denise Fletcher. Denise Fletcher was born to Warren and Geraldine Bromley in 1955. Her father was born in 1897, and her mother was born in 1915. So. Her start in life was by parents from another century. They owned a taxi business in Farmington Hills, Michigan. That was the first place she was sexually abused by a relative 
who was married to one of her older sisters. When she used to take naps in the back room while her mother drove a taxi, the second time he molested her was at their home when he was babysitting his son, daughter, and Denise while her sister was at work. After that time, whenever he came by her home, he, she would chase him with a hammer. He never touched her again. She was five years old. Denise was physically abused by her mother and verbally ridiculed by her father. At the age of 14, her father made her leave home. His reason was because her older sister, four years older than her, was forced to leave home by their mother. Her sister wouldn't work or go to college. She was 18 and had graduated from high school. Their father told Denise, if she had to go, so do you. Denise begged her mother not to make her go. She did not stand up for Denise. Her sister and she left. The first place she ended up was her brother's house with his wife. Denise babysat, went to school, and cleaned house for them for a place to stay. One night, after one of her brother-in-laws came in drunk and tried to rape her while she was sleeping, her brother heard him and chased him out of the house. After that, she slept in the attic. She was allowed to move back home after her parents allowed her sister to move back. Her father continued to verbally verbally abuse her. She ended up pregnant by her boyfriend of two years. She was 15 and he was 17. Denise was going to keep the baby but decided to give her up for adoption. She didn't want her to grow up in the hellhole she was living in. At 16, she married her first husband and had two sons. They were married for seven years. He loved her, but Denise didn't know what love was. She was not able to give love back. She left him and left the boys with him. Denise knew she wouldn't be able to give the boys what he could. They had a good life with their father and his family. Excuse me. <clears throat> At 26, she married her second husband. He was abusive to the extreme of trying to kill her several times. One night, she escaped him by drugging him with pharmaceutical drugs that the doctor had prescribed for her depression. She went to the police by taking their van that had had to be rolled down a hill and popping the clutch to get it started. Denise was in her nightgown. She padlocked him in the trailer. He used to he used to padlock the doors and threaten if she left he would put a chain on her to the floor inside the trailer. Excuse me. He saw the movie The Burning Bed 
starring Sarah Fawcett. Afterwards, he decided he was going to set her on fire and bury her in the septic tank. He dumped kerosene all over her from head to toe and was striking matches when his father and brother showed up. Denise knew God had sent guardian angels to save her. Denise knew then she had to get out and disappear forever. He calmed down and they left. Still covered in kerosene, she cooked dinner, made coffee, and served him. Every cup of coffee she put a pill with extra sugar so he couldn't taste the drug. After the third cup, he went to sleep. She waited to make sure he wasn't going to wake up Wake up while she was trying to get out. She had to pass him in order to get out of the trailer. He slept by the door with the padlock at his head on the ledge. She grabbed the padlock, got outside, and put the lock on the door in case he woke up. Excuse me. Denise has been writing and drawing most of her life. Some of her artwork has been in an auction to raise money for Minority Small Business Administration in Ann Harbor, Michigan. Donated paintings to abuse centers in Kentucky and Habitat for Humanity in Houghton Lake, Michigan. She has a blog. She has been writing since 2009 and a website to buy copies of her paintings. And ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Denise Fletcher. Hello. How are you, Denise? I'm doing fine. That's great. Cold. Thank you for joining us on the Recovery Corner to share your story with us this evening. Now, my first question that I have for you, which I really don't really have to ask because it's pretty much self-explanatory about how your life was growing up. Now, during the time when you were... um being abused, did you think that was something normal at five years old? No, I don't think it was normal because I don't, okay. it, because I wouldn't have gone after him with a hammer. Right. But I, I, but for some reason I never told nobody. Okay. I, I don't know why I never so did, were you, but I, I never told anybody. Were you afraid to tell someone that, you know, what was going on or... Yeah, I don't think they would have believed me, uh, you know, because of the... Because of your age? Cause, yeah, because of my age, and here he's in his... I would imagine he was in his 20s at the time, and uh-huh. I didn't have a good relationship with my parents, so it was... Right, right. Was so a, how was your relationship with your older siblings, with your other siblings? Well, some of them was very good, and then I had this one sister who tried to suffocate me with a pillow all the time. 
Oh wow. So yeah. It's like why so how I many came other up, siblings did you have? There's a total of nine of us. One half wow. brother who was the very oldest and then there was seven girls and one boy. Okay. And I so, was the youngest. You were the youngest out of wow. Yeah. Wow. So did they pick on you a lot because you were the young you you were the youngest? Just the one that was four years older than me, Cause, and then the next one up was four years older than her, and the, you know there was, and by the time I came along, uh, several of my sisters had already left home because of the oh, age okay. difference. It was almost twenty years between the oldest yeah. and myself, nineteen and a half years. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, what what were your parents abusive to the other children also? Oh yeah. They didn't make me feel any more special that way. You know, they didn't, it's like, you know, <laughs> it was like, no, it was, they were just, I don't know, that's, a, they were abusive, I guess, because of the generation, you know, that they grew up the, the in. The generation at, gap, well, yeah. 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 You know, because, like, my father was in World War One, so mm-hmm. that tells you the yeah. the mentality that was there. Right. Right. So it's, it's just like, you know, if something's going on, you don't say anything about it. You don't talk about right. it. Right. And Make he was everybody... a reformed alcoholic, too. Oh, okay. So okay. he still had the alcoholic thinking process. And you right, know, he used to right. beat my mother, you know. He... Oh, yeah. But he never, but he never beat me. But he was verbally abusive and like it, you verbally. know, like when I was fourteen years old, he made me leave home for no reason at all. Right, that's kind of crazy. Like, that's yeah. like a little too. That's you're you're a minor. Yeah, you know, and you know, so nowadays people would get in a whole lot of trouble for doing something like that. Oh, but yeah. back then, most definitely, you know, and, and I never thought to go out. to authorities. They probably wouldn't have did never, anything at that time. No. Not during that I time. Think, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Most so likely like, not. Most likely not. So, you know. They, they probably would have asked era, me what though. it was I doing. <laughs> yeah, right, they probably would have exactly. blamed me saying, well, what, well course, you know, yeah. are you always running away from home? Are you doing this? And no, I wasn't doing right, anything. Exactly. But after that, I think well, that they had was... a huge impact on mm-hmm. the rest of my life. It had a huge impact on for so how, a long, how did, long um, time. That affect, how did that affect your, you know, your life from then, from then on? I went from one negative thing to another. Mm-hmm. Tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just. And then when, uh, after I had my daughter, my sister Jerry wanted me to come live with her. Right. And so I did, and. <clears throat> Then when they moved to their new house that they had built, she said, you know, that my mom and dad was coming to that house and that I'd have to stay there. And that's when I tried wow. to commit suicide because I didn't, I'd oh, rather wow. been dead than to live with my father again. So it was. Wow. But then after so, that, um, I ended up at my sister, my other sister, another older sister's house. Okay. Well, thank God you had older sisters and brothers. Yeah, (laughs) that you could go to, you know, to live with because that's kind of that's fully young, fourteen. 
Yeah, I, I I have it written down somewhere for my book. Um, okay. And I forgot what it was. It was, I think I moved like 14 times in three years. Ow. Yeah, between wow. the age of, yeah, between the age of Oof. like 12 and 16. That's a lot. It was That's a lot. In a four-year period. Did your family so I ever never felt move a lot loved. anyway? No. Uh-uh. No, they stayed in one location for 30 years, and then they moved on away. And that's when right. I met my boyfriend, the first, you know, that I had my daughter with. Your first boyfriend, right. Yeah. So you you were married at 16? Yeah, to, not to him. Right, Because okay. he abandoned me. Right. Um, that's the one you had the daughter that you put up for adoption? Yes, I was going to keep her, right. and then I went, you know, I then just... you decided not to? No, it was... Which turned out well, disastrous that... for her anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> then that's a, another story there. Because oh, she ended up with... A, oh, yeah. And then she died 16 years after I met oh, her. Oh, my gosh. And her oh. and I lived together. We worked together. And the last year and a half of her life, I was spending every visitation that I would take off the road, you know, because truck drivers drive two weeks to three weeks and then they take time off and that's what I would do. And I'd just go to Cleveland clinic where she'd be. And then I'd go to the convalescent homes that she was in. And then she died in May of 2012. And then before that, before that, four of her kids got taken. She was 24. Yeah, she was 24. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we and we bonded immediately. Wow. Because when she turned 16, I contacted uh, Catholic Social Services, is who I gave her mm-hmm. up for adoption right. to, yeah. to let them know where I was at, so that when she started looking, she could find me. Well, she didn't start she didn't start looking for me until she was 24, mm-hmm. we, and she told me then that, um, you know, she was doing it because she wanted family history of health issues and stuff like that. But the first day we met, her and I sat for nine hours and talked the first day. Mm. And then, and also probably because she had uh, children too. You were a grandmother. She didn't have any children. She didn't have any children children at that that time. time? No. Wow. She didn't have her first child until she was 25. Okay. And um, then she had three more after that. And her husband, well, you're gonna. He was sexually and physically abusing the three of the kids. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And they got taken. And I tried getting custody of two of them. And the oldest one ended up with his birth father, who hadn't mm-hmm. had anything to do with him for the first eight years of his life. But this uh. past January, a year ago this month, I finally got in touch with her oldest friend, her oldest son. And him and I have been emailing, talking, we're connected on Facebook, we're connected on Google Plus and stuff like that. And um, next month I hope to have enough money to go downstate and see him. He's 18 years old and he's been locked up since he was 14. That's, I mean, it's just a... Wow. 
why I'm why I'm not an alcoholic drug addict, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just uh, well, I know why God because of God. Yes. Well, plus I I, I turned my energies into working. Right. I became a workaholic. I, I yeah, well, that's just, another. That can be an addiction too. Being a workaholic. It was. Every, I, I know, worked so I wouldn't have to deal with it. There's all kinds of addiction. You know, what yes, I'm saying there where is. you can work so much that you, you know, if you have children, you hardly get to see them. You know, you can mm-hmm. work so much that you never see your kids. You know. Yeah. And it's affected my sure. relationship with my two sons because of it. I yeah, because not only you know so I much. gave them up because I knew what was best for him. I knew that I didn't right. have any family structure. His fam his family was a good, solid mm-hmm. Christian family. Farmers, they had you know they were all there was camping, there was family reunions, there was mm-hmm. participation, you know, and th- I didn't have that in my family. Right. My father died when I was 17, mm. and my mother died when I had just turned 36 years old. Wow. So, wow. And, and the family kind of spread all over the United States, so that that was another yeah. reason. It was just... Yeah, so, so you didn't really have a close-knit family? No. Mm. Out of Out of all of us, there's only three of us left. Wow. Wow. So who were your role models when you were growing up? Wow. <laughs> Let's see. I had abusers. Mm-hmm. I had drug addicts. I had alcoholics. Let's see. Who was my role model? <laughs> I guess I was. I. Who did you? Who I don't did, know why I was so strong. That, because to have someone that, you know, did you have, was there a particular person that nope. you would go to and talk to, you know, nope. that would encourage you? No, or you were your I, own encourager. <laughs> I was my own. I, I I never felt safe anywhere. Wow. I never I and it was funny because when I was in in trucking training, my trainer was was telling me, "Oh, you got to be careful. This isn't safe and you got to be, you know, well, I've already developed Been mechanisms <laughs> for for survival." Right. You know, and I kind of laughed at her. I said, I feel safer here in this truck than I did in my own home. What are you talking about? Wow. (laughs) I just. Wow. And the last relationship I had when I wasn't married, it was abusive also, which I ended up getting seven stitches and a concussion. Mm. And that was. But since then, I haven't been with anybody. That's pretty bad. So. Now your first husband, you said you were you were married for seven years, and you said yes. you didn't know what love was. Mm-mm. So do you feel as though because of the abuse that you had been through, that you um wasn't used to um someone giving you love, and that didn't feel comfortable for you, or caring about me, caring where I right. So was that uncomfortable to you? And that's oh, absolutely. Why you I felt like a caged animal. Really? I, that's why I felt like, Yeah, I used to feel like a caged animal when I was with him because, and and now, retrospect, I'm 60, you know, mm-hmm. and at the time that I married him, I was 16, um, and I had come from 
being thrown out at 14, and when I was home, I was being verbally abused and physically abused, and I just, I look back now, and I, I realize that I just didn't, I didn't realize that was love, that when someone cared right. about you. Right. I didn't understand that, because That's I never had didn't anything understand, care about but me. it was like to be loved or to, you know, for someone to, so that didn't feel, so you, did you feel more... Like you were more comfortable in an abusive relationship. I feel better alone. I feel safer okay. alone. Okay. That's between every relationship, I, I between every relationship was many many years. Mhm. And it's I just. Yeah. I've been divorced since two thousand. And then mm-hmm. I met somebody, and I was with him off and on for six years, and that's that was a horror story. He was my stalker wow. for four years. <laughs> that's yeah. a long time. That's a long time. I have several books. Yeah. I have several books. You know, I have, like, you're talking about we got for adoption, sexual abuse, uh, have you physical abuse, emotional no, because I was working up until this a year ago, and okay. so I've been spending a lot of time writing, and I've been painting. Mm-hmm. And I started okay. painting and writing as a child, and a lot right. of the paintings that I did were always tropical mm-hmm. for like, okay. and, and I never realized unconsciously probably what I was doing was escaping. Yeah. Because I lived in Michigan. There's no palm trees in Michigan. You know, it's... <laughs> yeah, I just... So that was like a and way then... of escaping, you know... Mm-hmm. Like and I remember walking... That you were going through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was to the point that when I would be going home from school as a child, I remember throwing my papers in the ditch. Because when I got okay. home, nobody cared anyway. Who would right. want to look at my papers? I didn't care. And it's really funny because I was really a good student, mm. you know, but I always knew right. nobody cared. I, I've always known that since childhood. One time or I went to my mother. Like and nobody cared. Right. I just felt like it was like, you know, mm. I'm here. That's it. You know, just like, well. Yeah. I never mm. felt loved. I never felt secure. I, I remember this wow. one time going up to my mom when she was she always rocked in this rocking chair to get a hug mm-hmm. from her and she shoved me away and said quit hanging on me and all I wanted to do wow. was hug her. So she wasn't very and, affectionate or no or loving at all. No. Wow. And I think that could have been possibly because. It's funny. I, I love my my mother and father. I didn't right, like them. Right, I understand. Right, so I didn't. Yeah, I can understand that. You can love you can love someone and not like them. That's, right, that's pretty. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're your parents, of course you love them. But mm-hmm. liking someone, you know, that's a different story. It's the difference between loving and liking. Yeah, you know, and because and you know, and also because of. When I when my mother gave birth to me, she was forty, and my father was fifty-eight. The last thing they wow. really wanted was another child. 
you know. Wow. So she, by the time I got to to like eight, nine years old, my mother was in her change of life. So I was Ooh, raised boy. Well. Yeah, and my father, <laughs> wow. my father didn't believe in medical doctors. He never really? goes to the doctor. Yeah, never. he never believed never. in them. No. Only oh, extreme, wow. extreme situations. Mm. But he didn't believe in medical going to the doctor, so wow. he was a waste of money. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so what, so if something happened or what, did, I mean, how would you, like, never go to the doctor? I have I I always had issues with ear infections as a child. Right. And my mom took me to the doctors one time because it was so bad they and they put me on penicillin. Well I had a bad okay. reaction. So I Oh no. So my yeah, father got allergy. mad. Yeah, and this I was about I would say twelve years old at the time. And my father got so mad because she took me to the doctors, and now he was twice as mad because he had to take me to the emergency room, and the doctor had told me if they didn't get me any time sooner, I would have died from the reaction because my throat was closing up and everything. Yeah, And and, and that just confirmed his thing, you know, with the medical, right? Because of that. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you were allergic to the penicillin also, so. Yeah. Mm. Wow. But who knew? I mean, it was yeah, the first well, time I'd ever been until, on. You know, you really don't know what you're allergic to until you have a reaction from something. Right. So that's, you know, how you go to the doctor and are you allergic to anything? Like, well, yeah, I know I'm allergic to this because of the reaction, but you don't really know everything that you're allergic to. No. And that's kind of scary <laughs> in a way, you know, because you don't know what all of what you might be allergic to. You know, mm-hmm. so now. Well, you don't know how to ride a bike until you ride one, right? That's true. That's true. That's so, true. So, but that was pretty much. And then after I divorced my husband with my, that, I had my two sons with. Um, right. I was in my early twenties, mm-hmm. and then. I just went kind of wild there for quite a few years. Yeah. And okay. You I worked. Wild. I worked the whole. Yeah, I got wild. <laughs> wow. Well, I'd never had any freedom before then. Right, right. Because you were married you know, at an early age. Yeah. At sixteen, and then married again at twenty-six. So you were like mm-hmm. actually probably living out your teenage years like what you should have been doing when you were yeah. a teen like act, you know because you, right. you you basically missed out on your childhood basically your teenage years yeah so and then when I met the second one who tried to kill me um I didn't know right. I didn't know the warning signs Oh, okay. So that's the one you married when you were 26. Yes, he. that was what he represent was normal. Right. Because that's what I had from childhood. Mm. So that felt, like, normal to you? Well, I would say so that because I used to 
argue with him about it and tell him, you know, you can't do this. I mean, I'd run away and I'd hide on him. But, like, uh-huh. he'd go to work and he would call me all the time to see what I was doing. Sometimes he'd make wow. me go to work with him. And then he make would check the odometer and the, huh? He made you go to work with him? Yeah. He worked in a gas station, so I was. So how, how long were you were you married to your your second husband? I was married legally three years, but between the times that I'd left and there, sometimes he'd come and kidnap me. One time he kidnapped me from work when I worked in this restaurant. He literally mm-hmm. came in the back door and grabbed me, and my wow. boss and the coworkers were trying to pull in, I mean, one end, and he was pulling out the back. Oh, my goodness. And that was a hell of a scene, I'll tell you what, because the cops wow. were involved and everything else. Yeah. And, and I had left him. And then I ended mm-hmm. up in jail over that one. Wow. You because it was Kentucky. I ended up in jail oh because I defended myself against him because he grabbed, you know, he pulled me. I had a, mm-hmm. my own apartment, but he took me back to the uh, this little trailer that we rented at the time. And I had defended myself against him. And right. when I did, when the cops showed up, he told them that I hit him. Oh, well, really? he's six foot two and 230 pounds. And here I am five foot six and 125 pounds. Mm. And, and they lock you but up. It's a state of, and they locked me up because um, they arrested both of us. Okay. But he got out in his own cognizance. Right. And I ended up spending 30 days in jail. Wow, because he said you hit him first? No, just because I hit him, because I defended myself. Hey, that was after yeah, he because kidnapped you me from work. That was, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. And he had that's kidnapped crazy. me from work. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So it's just. And there were several incidences like that 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 happened, and mm. I was like, and then we ended up living in the back. When and when I finally got away from him permanently, um, it was when the night that I had to drug him with a prescription because right. I couldn't get away from him. Literally, so what did I, that I just, feel like with him when when he poured the kerosene on you? And I know, like your life I was, was flashing before your eyes. I couldn't I even was imagine. Panicked. I was going, what? you know, and it was all over a nun. Because I had, yeah, because I had left him, and I was in this Catholic uh, place, mm. and then like he had shelter? agreed to go to. Yes, abuse shelter. And he had agreed okay. to go to counseling and everything, and he did. He went mm-hmm. to counseling, and we were working on, you know, his temper. Mm-hmm. He never drank or did drugs, by the way. Wow. This he was, was just mean, Yeah, huh? that's what, <laughs> yeah, he was just psycho. So um, what, so I went back, you know, we're trying to work, <laughs> we're trying to work. I, you know, I looked back. He's dead, by the way, which is, he died in 2002, not two. I found out accidentally on the internet looking up something else, and he he really? popped you up. Came and it was like, wow. Yeah, I came across his obituary. It's like, oh wow. Mm. You mean for the last thirteen years, I didn't have to worry about his house. <laughs> uh, every time I went through Kentucky, I was like looking. You know, like. 
<laughs> like, I was afraid of running into him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, you had to drug him and everything, and he tried to set you on fire. That's that's a bit much. Maybe he was yeah. abused when he was a child. He was. His mother was abusive. That's why. That's probably why he was abusive. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. And the way that yeah. he was, because a lot of times, you know, it's a cycle. You know. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it's a cycle, but not everyone. But some no. people, you know, they get. I really... broke the cycle. Yeah, you broke it, right? I so... broke it because I there's there's no way I was ever going to lay a hand on my children. Uh. Uh-uh. Right. I am. I just. It is it, wow. the damage that it did to me and my siblings. It was like, no, it's, mm. it's not going to happen. But anyway, he uh, after I ended up in jail, he used to come mm-hmm. visit me <laughs> in jail. <laughs> in and, jail. Yeah. And my nerves were kind of shot by then. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I um, he took one of these nightgowns I had, and in the in the part of the the V neck, he took the mm-hmm. stitchings out. And he put ten of my nerve pills. This is the ones that I ended up um, giving him. Yeah, this was before that. This the is nerve before pills. he. Yeah, he put him <laughs> in and he stitched it up. <laughs> he stitched it back up, and he said, "I put ten stitches in there." And I'm like, "Duh!" I was an airhead. I'm telling you, when I was younger, I don't know how I survived. I'm telling you, I have no idea. Because so many things would just fly over my head. It's like, And I think that's why I never saw warning signs of people. Because I'm one of those people. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My guardian angels, angels have paid, so, paid their so dues. I'm telling you. He, he, was he, when he did that whisker nightgown, like sewing the nerves so I could have, into the v Yeah, so I could have pills while I was in jail. So, so I they could, can stay, my nurse would so you stay longer. So while I was there, the, my nerves wouldn't be so bad. So he uh, so he stitched it up with 10 stitches, and he kept telling me, I put 10 stitches, 10 stitches. I'm like, okay. And finally, he, and he, he, he leans in and he goes, there's 10 of your pills in there. Oh, no, he okay. Yeah. He shouldn't huh? have did that. He should that have. That right. No, he shouldn't have done what? that because that could have got you in trouble. Well, yeah, but I, what did I know? He probably needed it. Why would but... I in jail to start with for defending myself <laughs> after being kidnapped? Did right, I really exactly. care if I got in trouble did. over some pills? <laughs> well, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but wow. At that point in time, who cares? You know, it's like... I'm in jail <laughs> with all these like, people. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'm in jail so with, guess, with women that are for murder and stuff. I'm in right. jail for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it was funny when you when you look back. It was it's when funny you look now, back okay? on things. Things are funny, but I'm sure at the oh, time it was a horror. It wasn't it was funny horror. at all. But it's good. Oh, when no, you I look was, back on something and laugh about it. Yeah, you know. well, I, I think that's how I've survived. It's just because right. I just, I I was always one of those people that woke up in the morning in a good mood. It was always the day that turned in that made me a bitch. It wasn't right. that I woke. I wasn't naturally <laughs> that way. 
<laughs> it was just the day. I mean, <laughs> as the day went on. <laughs> yeah, as the day went on, it was like something disastrous. My, I have a friend one time. I had decided to call my book um, "One Too Many Speed Bumps." Is what I was going to call. That's one of the titles I thought about. And a friend of mine who's known me for several years called me up and we were talking. She goes, Denise, you don't have a normal life. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, <laughs> you've just had one way too many speed bumps in your life. And I started laughing. I went, how did you know? You go. That's the name well, I was going to call my book. That was the title of your book. There, there you go. And you yeah. know, and she, that's not and a coincidence, she didn't even know. right? You know that's yeah. not a coincidence, right? So that's right. what you have to name your 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 first book. Yeah. <laughs> One too many speed bumps. It's like, oh, my God. And since I do painting, I have a painting I've already decided I want to use on the cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. And, uh, yeah, so I've already got the title. I've got the cover. And I've been title. writing since 2009. So mm-hmm. I probably have so almost 20,000 words written. Looking so. for a publisher now, right? Yeah, and to help to put it together. Cause right. And I'm I'm learning. The more I write, the more I read, the more I'm learning. Right. So it's, and uh, and I've been to college a few times, and so okay. I do have a, some college background. That was one of the reasons Danny okay. uh, was. Oh, I'll go back to the nun. The nun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, there. You know when you're Ooh. an abuse center and you go back home with your abuser. They always set you mm-hmm. up with a with a a call, um, right. a warning message. Say like, uh, "How's everything going?" And if it's going good, you tell them. You give them the it's code like a word. Code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a code word, you know. Right. And if it's not going good, then you use the other code word. Mm-hmm. Well, this nun had been in Africa for many years, and. So when she come back to the U.S. To, and she didn't really know how to drive very well, and mm-hmm. she was asking us on directions on how to get somewhere. This is when I was still in the shelter, and my my caseworker or what do you want to call her? Her and I it was telling her how to get there. She was, oh, you just followed the yellow line, mm-hmm. and and her name was Wendy, and I busted out laughing. It's like the yellow <laughs> brick road. Oh yeah, just the yellow brick road, right? Yeah. So. Wendy had called to check up on me, and we started talking about the the nun and the following the yellow line, and mm-hmm. we called it yeah. Um, what is it? The Wizard of Oz followed the yellow brick road. Followed the yellow brick road, and so mm-hmm. he thought that was my code word that come get me. Oh wow! And and so then it was, of course, up until that point we were getting along fine, but then after the mm-hmm. phone call, it. It escalated to... into a bad situation. Wow. But so whenever you watch The Wizard of Oz, think about nuns who follow I, yellow I, lines. I will. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot what I wanted to ask you. So busy, like, wow. <laughs> Oh, honey, so I, I'm I telling it. you what. That's why I said I, I, I should have. I wish I could find somebody who'd do me a mini series, because oh, up wow. until last year was the best year I've had, mm-hmm. and I, I can't say probably the majority of my life. 
And I only had to file bankruptcy, and, and my house went into foreclosure. So that was a good year. Right. <laughs> you want to get okay. it? Okay. So, so can okay. you imagine what the other years were like? Oh, you. I don't even want to. I can't. Wow. I can't even imagine that. Like <laughs> now you know why my good year. Yeah, that was a okay. good year. Wow. <laughs> And my so, friend, now um, you know why my friend says your life's not normal. And I'm looking, I'm talking mm-hmm. to her, I'm going, what do you mean it's not normal? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I told her, normal I said, well, it's normal you. for me. It's, it might be normal yeah. for you, but, you know, that's your normal. Somebody, you know, <laughs> somebody else. And I know, normal. and Tanya, I know for a fact that God mm-hmm. has protected me and he mm-hmm. has He has taken me down all these avenues and these roads and it's kept oh, yeah. me strong through this mm-hmm. entire process right? to the point that I am now where I'm supposed to be. There you go. I you am, know it when you get there, right? You know when yep, you're where you're supposed to be. I know for a fact I am where I'm supposed to be. Right. I know that now that because in the past when I wrote, it was mm-hmm. so emotionally draining that, like I could like this I could tell you the story that the day my daughter died and right. I was in a truck stop in South Detroit and she was in Cleveland, Ohio. That was why I drove all by myself all the way to Cleveland. I look back now and I go, was I out of my mind? Mm. I should have never been driving because I didn't find out that she had actually died until I was halfway there. Really? You know what? Yeah. Oh. It's, it's That's a lot. So, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I just, I have it all you know, written down, too. God so. has a reason. You know, he kept around because, see, your story will help someone else. Well, yeah. And it'll save somebody there is. else's life. Yeah, there, there is. So there's a reason. There, you know? You have a reason for being here, you know. Yep. Everybody has a special purpose in life. You know, it's just that you have to find out what it is. Mhm. And mine is find to out what, what it is. Yeah. And I think and if I pretty much probably just pretty much one know woman by or one now child. what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that your you know, your your reason for you know, and what your passion is, you know, and you love writing, you love painting, and through yep. you know your your writing, you never know who, how many lives that you can touch by just telling your story. Yeah. Well, wow. I for Christmas this year, this past mm-hmm. month, um, I took and I I got to do one of the things that I've always wanted to do, but I never did. Mm-hmm. Was volunteer to to serve people Christmas dinner who okay. didn't have any place to go. Wow. It was great. I had a great and I'm time sure that doing was a it. Great they, feeling. It's always a great. It feeling was helping others and serving yeah. others. And always then a friend a of mine feeling. who's a really good Christian. Her and I got forty Christmas presents together of homemade stuff and just some. It was all new stuff, right. but it was like 
and we gave it to people who don't mm-hmm. have families and people in a convalescent home. And right. stuff like that I've always wanted to do, so I, I did it this December. So you got a chance to do it. So that was great. So I'm fulfilling my dreams. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. So for you know, for our listening audience, can you, you know, tell people, you know, like if they're in an abusive relationship or before they get into an abusive relationship, what the warning signs are? Because I'm sure by now you you pretty much know. If, oh, yeah. You know what the warning signs are. <laughs> are of being in an abusive relationship. Yeah. Like say if someone's just dating, you know, where when, are the when warning they... signs to look for, you know, that the person might be an abuser? One of the first ones is always asking you, who are you talking to? Where, where are you going? When are you going to be back? How long are you going to be gone? They want to control, micromanage every moment of your day. They want to know who you talk to. They want to know why you're going. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anybody who tries to micromanage you, and like when you go to work, you know, and if if they pop up unexpectedly, and if they have the other signs, you know, if you got a good right. loving relationship and somebody just pops up to go ask you to, for lunch or something, that's different. But when you know right. there's already those little warning signs of right. control and manipulation, some, that, you know, the thing is, the public don't see it that way. They think that oh, the no. person really loves me. They want to know where I'm at. They want to know they're they're so concerned about me. No, oh, he loves some people me. think that's cute. Yeah, and it's not. Some people think it's, that's a, cute. it's their way. No, and when, he, really when, they, that, when they start that accusing that... you, when they accuse you of cheating, mm-hmm. and and they know every mo- movement you're making, how can you cheat? You you can't right, exactly. possibly cheat when you're with them 24-7 just about. And that's the other thing. They don't mm-hmm. want to work, then they start alienating you from your family and friends. My ex-husband, one time I took off and left him, and he wrote my ex-husband a letter saying I was on my way to kidnap the kids. You know you know what he did to my ex-husband what? and my kids? That, yeah, that was, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, he just, was psycho. Mm. Yeah. And that Definitely. three years, that's why I ended up hitchhiking to Texas. After, well, the van broke down, and I ended up in Knoxville. Knoxville wow. for a while while I got it fixed. And then it, after I took off again, the van broke down again. And that's where I went and got some clothes because I didn't have any clothes to wear when I left. Because mm. uh, when I left, I uh, was wearing my nightgown, nightgown and I took my right? Yeah, uh, and he had some old work clothes in the van because he did plumbing. Oh, my goodness. So I put on his work clothes when I went into the police department to tell him I was mm. that the van wasn't stolen because I know the first thing he was going to do was tell, of course. tell yeah. him that it's stolen, you know. So and they go, oh yeah, I know. The... I, I'm trying not to <laughs> use they any woke names. Up and got out of the trailer somehow, huh? Oh yeah, he had to bust out the door or something because that because he kept <laughs> both of them padlocked on the outside. And when he, mm. you know, that one part in the bio I was talking about where he was going to chain me to the floor when yeah, that was how he was going to. 
Yeah, he was going to put a, a U-joint, a U-bolt in the floor with a chain and then attach it to my ankle so I could get to the – and make the chain long enough just so I could get to the toilet, and you know what? that was it. I, I'm telling you. And then when he tried to kill our dog, oh, that was – if you read my blog, you'll too. see the – he was going to really kill our dog. dog. I, I He was trying to choke the dog to death. And uh, I had a hatchet, and that was a, that one story I, in my blog that I wrote about hatchet mm-hmm. in her hand. That was describing that. Wow. Was and I let the, I got after he finally the, the dog's tongue was turning blue from him choking oh, it. So I finally Ooh. when after he passed out or goes to bed, he uh, oh, I chased goodness. the dog away. Just yeah. And the dog didn't wow. argue. Then we had neighbors sure who didn't. her husband used to prostitute her. What his wife? I'm telling you this. My goodness. Oh wow. Anybody read? You want to read my book? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Lord. <laughs> make it into you make your life into a movie. I'm telling you, just it matched just man. three years. Yeah. Very right there. That was just three years with him. I mean, <laughs> just three years. Oh, and he married somebody else afterwards while he oh was still married goodness. to me. Yes, I did while my own he was divorce. Still married to you, he married again. Yes, he remarried oh, while he was still married to me. Yeah, and then Ooh. I took and I did my own divorce, so I could marry my third <laughs> husband, which was you, my last husband. You did your own huh? divorce. Yeah, I did my own divorce, and the and the judge was so proud of me. He goes, "Lady, he goes." Huh? Wait a minute, how did he you said, do that? He said, "I've never." <laughs> it's, it's, you follow each. You 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 file the steps when you go. It's the paperwork. So you just have. It's a procedure that it only cost me a hundred dollars to do my own divorce. Wow! Plus, I didn't want him to know that. Before. <laughs> you said you're gonna do your yeah. own. Okay. Hmm. Well, now that's, you see why I'm so. Well, that's probably why I survived, hey? <laughs> because I'm like, well, I'm gonna figure something oh, out here. I'll wow. fix this. You don't know nothing yeah. else. You know how to survive. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Because that's why mm-hmm. I'm sure nothing like surprises you anymore or scares you. <laughs> yeah. And I went to counseling often, off and on over the years too, because mm-hmm. you know I knew that I had to. I right. had to have some. Right. You know, you were asking me earlier about. Um, having someone to talk to, mm-hmm. I had I would go to counseling because okay. nobody That's could good. nobody could possibly deal with what I dealt with. They didn't know what mm-hmm. it, they didn't live my life like right. I had. Their life was totally <laughs> different than mine, mm. you know. So, so I used to go to counseling, and this one um, psychiatrist, after mm-hmm. two years, says to me, he goes. Denise, I don't know how you do it. I said, "What?" He goes, "My cousins were here, my cousins were here visiting for three weeks, and I wanted to kill them." He said, "How did you How did you survive?" He said, "I don't know how you do it." And I'm like, "Going, hey, you're the you're the one with the eight year degree. I don't know, right? Exactly. I'm coming to you to tell me how I survived. You just so. take life one day at a time. It is, you and know, and I have a strong belief a that day, you know I don't walk this earth alone." Mm-mm. No, I don't. You know, and I I really don't attend church or anything, 
but I have a strong Christian belief. They just right. and that and you the reason a, I don't attend church is because and the reason I don't attend church and the reason I don't attend church is because. It seemed like the people who abused me the worst were all going to church. Mm. <clears throat> so I and just that probably turned you know, off to that. But you know, you have to have a you know, a strong spiritual foundation or you know Oh I do. To be able to survive, you know. Oh. I just do. because you don't go to well, church I know, I'm not... you don't have, you know, that spiritual foundation, yeah. it doesn't mean and that I've you tried don't, to... you know. And I've tried to explain that to people. Just because I don't attend church doesn't mean that I don't believe. Because right. believe me, That's I right. believe. I is there's no way that I could there's have done. There's nothing wrong with going I, to church, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a church family myself right now, you know. But uh-huh. you know, it's, it's 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 a lot of stuff that go on in church too. Yeah, I was the church secretary. <laughs> That's the second <laughs> time I ended up in jail. Wow, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff, you know. But you know, it's 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 about what you believe in and having a personal relationship. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I prayed for an hour before I called you. I've been praying off and on that. all day. There all day, I've been praying off and on. I pray every day. There's nothing wrong and, with that. Oh, absolutely. And trust me, prayer we got to believe everything. in somebody. We got to believe. You have to believe in prayer something or someone. Everything. That's right. Oh yeah. Prayer changes <laughs> everything. Hmm. So, is there anything sure. else you'd like to know? Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I have some more questions for you, but I'm gonna go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back. All right. All right. So, right in the building. House of Stone by Coco. I'm going to show you. She going to show you. We going to show you how we do this, huh? What? Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room. Royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl. You know you reign supreme. Red carpet wow. jewels. Finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you seen the rosary designer for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories. Always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House of Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his lady, didn't know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much, you need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best, this is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco, House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyest bling on the planet, yo, she kicking down doors. In magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer. And I'm trying to put you down with games. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy. And if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer. And I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now. When you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'm going to show you, huh? She's going to show you what? We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. (laughs) 
Oh, my goodness, you're hungry again. Welcome back to the Recovery Corner. <laughs> I am your host, author is Tanya Wilson, and I'm here with my guest, author and writer Denise Fletcher. Now, Denise, Hello. I want to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Can you tell everybody about a little bit about your your blog? I have your blog um, and your artist page on the Facebook event page. I did post that up there, and yeah. also your Twitter. You know. Yeah, and, my Twitter okay. is uh, Seventh mm-hmm. Daughter Number One. Yeah, I have it's on the, it's on the, um I already have it up because I found you on Twitter oh. and you know so I already have like your artist page up and your blog spot. So all and, that stuff uh, is my, up on that okay. page. Yeah, so I have I all that I started stuff writing for my own sanity. Right. Is. Yeah, you had to and do it something. Just, it's yeah. probably therapeutic for you or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, therapeutic. Yes, it is. Therapeutic. Yeah. I would imagine. Because then so, I can yeah, get when you write it down, it's kind of like a release. Yes. You know. And when um, when I was a teenager, my brother had told me to write. Mm-hmm. He told me, you know, so I started writing Your young. Brother. And diaries and stuff, but I end up losing those and throwing them away, or you know, a lot of that's I don't even know where they're at or they're gone. Yeah. But. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I in the artwork I always paint mostly. I would say ninety nine percent is very bright and colorful. And mm-hmm. one time I took a painting that I did into a to my therapist, and he uh-huh. said I was covering up. Um, he said the reason that I painted in such bright colors was mm-hmm. I was a, it was a way of covering up my the deeper dark room. thoughts. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure you had some. Because when you yeah. put them pills in there, you had to be in a in a space where like I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Put those pills like somebody pour kerosene on me. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, gotta get it. When when I read that part about where you said you served him, you cooked dinner covered in kerosene. That's what was like, wow. And you yeah. served him. You got served. Yeah. we didn't that, have any didn't running you? water. We didn't. What? We were in this trailer. And we didn't have any running water, and he was digging the septic tank out by hand, and then he was what? laying cement blocks in. That's how Lord. he was doing it. He was woo. And yeah, and he was. Yeah, and the other thing about abusers is not only do they intimidate you, but you'll also notice that they try and intimidate others. Right. You know, and Danny used to do that. He would mm. intimidate other people. Yeah, try to stop people from being your friend. Yeah. Discovered or, or whatever. And work. His employers and stuff. Mm. He would end up fired. Wow. Because of his intimidation of behavior. Mm. Yeah. So he just had beha- bad behavior all the way around, huh? Yeah. So out of the three years, I was only with him off and on for 18 months. Mm. So wow. a lot happened in that 18 months, though. Mm. Mm. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. And and I can't imagine like he got married again. Yeah, well, we were, well, we were so married. Mm. Yeah, why uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 now that I know that he's passed away, and I know her name is Kim, and she's mm-hmm. in Kentucky. I'm a really good researcher, so me too. <laughs> wow, I'm really good at yeah, it. Me too, and I, I can find anybody. Well, my last they husband I followed to Arizona. <laughs> my last, my last husband I followed to Arizona while he was having an affair with one of his coworkers. <laughs> You said you followed him to Arizona, yeah. Wow. Because he was, because he, uh, he was. I don't want to say his name or where well, he worked. No, but don't, you don't do that. No, no I'm not going to do that. He, because he's still alive. The other one's dead. Yeah, it don't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but he uh, had had this <laughs> affair with this person. And mind you, I'm taking care of his elderly parents in wow. in Ipswich, Michigan, and her brother passed away, and they were from Georgia, so they come up there mm-hmm. to Michigan to to cl- take care of all of his banking yeah, right. and real estate yeah. and all that stuff. And my husband flies to Arizona to have this affair with this coworker that, and my mother-in-law says to me, "If that was my husband, I wouldn't be sitting here." I went, hmm, okay. I said, that was a hint. Do you mind if I leave, do you mind if I leave his son with you and, and I leave? She goes, go for it. <laughs> that was a hint. So, that was like. <laughs> so here I'm taking care wow. of his elderly parents and and he's off screwing around. And I'm raising his son. I mean, it's wow. just. I think, I think it says sucker on my forehead. It's just invisible to me. I don't see it. Otherwise, I'd probably wear my bangs down over my forehead so that nobody else could see it, you know. Wow. Oh, God. Mm. I told you I was so, naive. That, like, things would just fly over my head. Yeah. Like, but I'm sure but you're now, not so naive now at anymore. 60, I, no, at 60, I finally see the writing yeah, on finally, the wall. huh? <laughs> Yeah, and I I threw those rose colored glasses away, you know, that were tinted, and I couldn't yeah. see nothing. Mm. Oh, I'm a I'm wow. a hopeless optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> you know. well, that's that's good that you're optimistic, because a lot of people wouldn't be. Mhm. You know, a lot of people wouldn't be. Oh yeah. And, Some and, you people know, just can't handle it. The fact that you got away the way that you did, because <laughs> some people don't, you know, a lot of people, you know, that you have to have a plan to get away from your abuser. Mm-hmm. You have to have a plan in place because they say that's the most dangerous time. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're going to, you know, if your abuser knows you're going to leave or you're thinking about leaving. Oh yeah, or when they you're get trying real to violent actually then. go out the door, that's why you had to do the, you know, with the coffee. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could see at night when we oh, slept. He always put a, he always put his, You probably wouldn't have got away. I couldn't be at nighttime. He would sleep with one leg and one arm across me. That's so wow. I couldn't leave the. 
Oh, yeah, this man was, I told you, he didn't drink or do drugs. That's what was really scary was about this, this man. That's it. Yeah, that I, don't, I don't know if that's the sign of schizo or... Something was... Uh, I don't, he probably had a lot of yeah. things going on. He had a lot of yeah, things he had, going on, especially if he didn't drink or do drugs or anything. Yeah. And them pills probably yeah. really knocked him out. Oh, yeah. they did. He slept real well that they night, I imagine. Really <laughs> Yeah, because I kept, I kept, I'd go in there and I'd, you know, like, like the night that I got out of the, the bed, because I had to go to bed with him. So I'm laying there wow. and, and I, so you I had to go his, to bed when he, when he went to bed too? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had to go to bed when he wanted to go to bed. I had to get up when he got up. I, you know, there was, so when, when a man that's is that controlling. Prison, right? that, that was like oh, yeah. prison. I think that's where I wrote in my blog, something about being a prisoner. And and then you want to hear something? Well, I'm gonna really have to hook scary. you up with some publishers and stuff. I'm gonna have to hook you up because this last guy that that ended up with the stitches, books, you know, you gotta that, get these books published. <laughs> yeah, and this last one with the stalker for four years after stalker. we broke up. Uh-huh. He he texted me this week. I couldn't believe it. I haven't you? heard from this. He texted on my phone. I got a text from him. I never answered it. I never read it. Something about his mother dying. And I went, you know what? I No. But see, I moved. I can't even, I don't want to say on the radio. I moved from that location to another You're location. Up. Your phone's breaking up. Okay. Are you moving around? I, okay. I moved from, I, I, can you hear me? It's, it's kind of breaking uh, up a little I'm not sure why. I'm at 83. percent I yeah, um uh, the phone's at 83 percent charge. 83 percent. Yeah. So you're still good. Were you moving mm-hmm. around? Were you yeah, moving we around? Okay, that's probably yeah. why. <clears throat> so um, so you can hear me now. I, I yeah, it's still breaking up a little bit, but okay. It's probably like. <laughs> Okay. So that's, right, go ahead. that's when, okay, after the last one, that's why I don't get involved. I don't, mm. I don't have, I, I have really poor judgment mm. when it comes to men. So okay. I've just sworn off and men. He, just you, said that now, you said this, that this, the stalker, he actually texted you? Yeah, this week. How you get your phone up? Because... I, he, it's the same phone number because after oh. him and I broke up, I had to change my phone number. And mm-hmm. then it's like, I'm not changing my phone number again because it doesn't tell you where it's at. Yeah. yeah. Because then I got to change it with everybody, you know, so I didn't change it, but I did move. Died? Yeah. He texted me to let me know his mother died and okay. I've never responded. And it's like, and I'm not I, going I, to, I, it's like, you I know what? Either, cause that could be a trick. Yeah, he's trying to get me you know. to open up because he still asked some of our mm-hmm. um, my old neighbors who I are really good and, they, and he's friends. still asking about you. No, yes. I wouldn't answer that text. No. Yeah, I but don't you, answer you know, the that. Text. Might, it might not even be true, you know. Because it's February two thousand and ten. Yeah. February of two thousand and ten is when him and I broke up, and mm-hmm. now we're in January of two thousand sixteen. 
Yeah, he texted you and his mother died. Like, okay, really? What kind of a... What do I do to these really, men? He's still that... stalking you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to be. He, like, he, you, if we broke up in, what did you say, 2010? Yep, February 2010. And he texted you in 2016 to let you yep. know his mother died. I mean, between that time and that time, it's like... You, That's almost six years. Yeah, come on. Like, seriously? Seriously? Mm-hmm. Okay, I I would. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I'm I'm not answering. Mm-mm. So and and I've changed vehicles, and mm-hmm. I've and I've moved from a mm-hmm. from one city to another city, totally different mm-hmm. location. Right. And I and I have him blocked on any kind of uh, public right um, sites like Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. I you know how you can put blocks for certain people. Oh, yeah. I have him mm-hmm. blocked. Yeah. Well, I'm blocked. So that he can't read. <laughs> hey, I finally figured out what was wrong with my Facebook. Why Why I didn't your have a friend setting. request on there. It was yeah, the it was, it was, yeah, because it had to send like, back I to him. I can't get her on Facebook. I said, I, you know, I want to send you stuff. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you can now. I I took and I okay, took and put good. it on there. Great. I had Ooh. I had it off of there because of him. Because he kept yeah. sending requests. Well, I, I would be guarded too. You know, I would be guarded too if I were you. Oh, yeah. Was, right. Definitely. He ended yeah. up going to jail and everything else, and he had to pay uh, me for uh, what they call victims here in the state of Michigan. They they survivors. The, they something. Yeah, they for <laughs> the violence and stuff. He had, to pay, he had to pay me, and he had to pay wow. all the medical bills and everything. And then oh, he well. still stalked me. It's like, are you stupid or what? Did you get enough? Do you want to pay yeah. some more money? Like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, serious. He's got problems. And he ended up in jail and all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah, he got problems. Because mm. yeah, he's still trying say, to like, reach out. I, after that long, why would you still be trying to reach out to me? Like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. so. Oh, well. <laughs> and this is the first month day. of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is this year? I, I have Tanya. This year is going to be the best year of my entire yeah. life. Great. I'm sure and, that I'm going to get my I'm going to get what? one book finished. There you go. I'm going to hook you up with some I'm, some publishers that you know that work with you. Good no. because. Because when, when I start, got to, you got to get them books out there. Oh, uh, I you know what? Because also there's a abuse center here in in a town that's not too far from here that mm-hmm. wants me to work with the, the women. Mm. See, since I quit okay. working, is it um, volunteer work or? Yeah, it's volunteer, but I have to go through training. Right, but I, and right. since I pretty much know all about the code words and how you, you know, like when I was married to, to the one that's dead, um, uh-huh. I had given my mother copies of all of my social security, my birth certificate. She had everything that when I got mm-hmm. ready to leave that I would have identification because that's one of the big issues with women when mm-hmm. they leave. They're, they have to leave in such a hurry that, that they forget you a do, lot of their stuff. They, they, you have to have a bag. Their, they ain't got time. 
And, it, and if he catches you with a bag, oh, God. Yeah. Wow. So I, you know, so I always had everything set up with my mom right. that is. Mm. So you had I somebody got, else that had your, that will have your ID? Yes. So I, I made sure she had a copy of my, my social of security. everything. That's smart. Yep. That's really smart. And birth yeah. certificate, um, your driver's license. You, you need to have, because you can't get a driver's license without identification. Right. You That's can't right. get, you they can't. You got to have a copy of something. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, I think for people that's, that are in abusive situations, that's a really smart idea, you know, to have copies made of your ID. But, you know, it's always good to have someone that you can give it to that nobody else knows about. Right. You know, because and even if this you way, have a relative, they can, threaten your, they can threaten your relative. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If they think that, oh, he you know, did. He it's used always to good them. to have somebody that nobody, that you can go to, that no one knows about. Right. It's only you. And that's why the last time when I left, I went to Texas. Not even your best friend, you know, because you never know. Yep. But people, you never know. I hate it when I see the stuff on TV, on the news, where a guy has gone in and killed the family. Mm -hmm. And they've already been warned. It's like my grandkids. Uh, uh, uh. And I watch stuff like that all the time. Like, you probably couldn't get nothing over on me because I watch so much... ID channel, it just don't even make no sense. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I watch all kinds of stuff. I'm like, really, people are really something else. And, and yeah, I don't know if it's getting worse or if we're, it's just more of awareness of it. I think, and that's you know like, what? you know, that this I think past people, year, they, they are they, making it more aware. They're making us more aware of it. I think, you know, it's yeah. always been going on. Oh, yeah. But if you watch new. old movies, like watch right. old it's westerns new. and old, it's nothing new under the sun. It's nope. always been there, but it's just coming out to where you know yeah. you see this stuff. And I watch those shows because look, you never know your own best friend could kill you. Yeah, if your if your best friend, your even somebody your your own flesh and blood can kill you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my sister, she was so jealous of me that... Most of the people they say that are murdered are usually murdered by someone that they know, not a stranger. Yeah. And that's That's why stranger danger was such a... like, wow. That's why stranger danger was always... It was a failure. It sure is. Because... You know, they they say... But they said most... Nine times out of ten, when somebody's murdered... They're usually murdered by somebody that they know. Yeah. And not a it's stranger. It's either their parents like a co-worker, or a sibling, a relative, neighbor. a friend, or somebody you thought was your friend, or, yeah. you know, it, or somebody that just, that, that Husband. just know. Yeah, yeah. And they say spouse, you know, spouse usually a lot of times it could be them because that's the first person they're going to look at anyway. Yeah. You know, it's the spouse because that's the closest person. Yeah. Like besides your children, because even now they got the kids. The kids are killing the parents. Yeah, it's so just horrible. That, that, that just... makes you really think about, like, really. 
You know a new but law I'm that passed that this past brought. year? Mm-hmm. A new law passed this past year mm-hmm. that it's a felony now if you get caught abusing an animal. And well, that it is an, be because that's it they should be say, because that's the first stages mm-hmm. of abuse they say to that's humans. The first stage of a person, even if they're a child, if they go around hurting and killing animals, even if the they're next a child, is a human, and they kill it, and they find pleasure in killing like animals or like birds or torturing cats or dogs, that yeah. the next step is going to be, you know, what I'm saying. So you got to get that nipped in the be bud a, before they become, yeah. you know, a serial killer or something. You know, because, like, who, why would you want to hurt an animal anyway? Because they get pleasure in it, and it's Yeah, sick. and that's crazy. That's just sick. Yeah. And so, so you don't I know, replaced, like, who you're dealing with, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you don't. And you, it could be your neighbor. Or, <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be you know, how many times you see in there? How many times you see on these news reports? Oh, he was so too many quiet. times. He never caused. Yeah, too many times. Well, yeah, many because times. he had too much. He oh, was hiding. He stuff. was charming, and yeah, okay. But see, that's only yeah. what people see on the outside. They don't. And really then they know find out there's five bodies buried underneath in, in their backyard, right? Yeah, or in their backyard, yeah. or wherever they, you know. And you never, you never know. Because all you no. can see is the outside. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So I just, but that's why, you know, um, because the River House is the one that, mm-hmm. uh, she's, I've already been in contact with the supervisor. Mm-hmm. And I did send her email that we were going to be talking about this stuff tonight. I was hoping that she'd get back to me, but she's so swamped mm-hmm. that, um, because yeah. my medical provider and her are good friends, so I told her that you know she's more than welcome to talk to my provider to let her know that I'm not a psycho. You know that <laughs> <laughs> because yes, Denise really lived through all this stuff, and you know she's because my doctor. I was so funny because when she said it to me, I, I said to her, I said, "Man, she'll probably think I'm nuts." She goes, "Well, Denise, she'll be wondering if you should be a, a client." <laughs> it's like thanks, <laughs> and then she gives me a hug, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, know, she, goes, uh, no. she knows me. Yeah, saying, we can laugh really about it. You have to be guarded. These, you know, you have to be kind of guarded, you know, about yeah. the things. Well, yeah, you do. because gotta, you know, I'm working me, with people. Me, with, with me, issues. I think God gave me this intuition. I have very strong intuition, like if something ain't right. I do too. I or think if that's a why ain't I right. I can walk into a room and I can tell you if something don't feel right. Uh-huh. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. And I there have it go. really strong. I, you know, I, I don't care like if the person is dressed up, they look nice, and they look. If something is wrong with them, I sense it right away. Like my mom always said, never judge that person. I don't care how they look. Yeah, she says never judge a book by its cover. Smelling good, doing whatever. You can be whatever. Driving an escalator right away. I'll be like, you know what? This person (laughs) crazy. This person, you know how you can just sense it. 
it's like a vibe or whatever. I don't know. And I'm I'm glad God gave that to me because I think mm-hmm. that keeps me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? It it really does. And, and I think God I know I really at, do. At, at sixty, you know, when this uh, uh, something happened recently, and I was really feeling bad and blue, blah blah blah, and then I went, you know what? No, it's not my problem. That's that person's problem. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I felt so much better afterwards when I put when I when I put it in the right category, which right. I when I stopped working the first year of not working, Tanya was hell because. Mm my mechanism for protecting myself was working. Was I was a truck driver. We worked 70 hours oh, a week. That's hard when you go from working all the time to not working. That right there will send you into depression. Oh, yeah. That will send you into you know, depression quick. And you always feel like, I should be doing something. I should be doing something. Right. I should you be doing like something. You know? Because it doesn't feel right when you're not... You know, when you're not busy, but and now you have it's to really easy. Do something though. with yourself. <laughs> you have to do, you know? Now I get. Now I go to bed when I feel like it, and I get up when I feel like That's it. That's right. And if I have and, to get up know, for a certain time, I set alarm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know, that I, you know, I do. So great, right? That's yeah. That nobody I do. I love have it. no freedom. You know, when you're working, no, you're it's, it's a ball and chain. Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it keeps you restricted. It depends on what that work is. If, if, if that's if if you love what you're doing, if you love your job, mm-hmm. then it doesn't feel like you know. But if you work in a job that you really hate, that's when it starts feeling like a ball and chain. Yeah. See, and I always do things that, that I you love. really love. Uh, you know. I love driving truck. Like I really did. See, Some of the adventures I had driving wasn't. Yeah, I loved the freedom <laughs> oh, boy, of the that's road. Another book, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had a Russian driver that fell asleep when I was sleeping in the in the bunk, and I woke up with oh, glass flying all over me. Yeah, that was. Oh my god! But when you're sixty, you can write back. When I was in my twenties, I didn't have anything to say. I thought. <laughs> that's what you thought. That's what you. That's thought. what I thought. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know no different. That that was normal. Yeah, you know, but got, yeah. not. <laughs> but it's okay. But you know, now I've so. got the time, and and every day I and, usually get yeah. up in the mornings and I start writing, mm-hmm. and that's when you'll find me on Twitter, and right. that's where I'm on my blog, and I start writing. Right. And uh, there you come. See, that's something to do. That's yeah. something to do. Right oh there. yeah, that's something to do. I you know, I'm and I got been, two you know, dogs that are bossy. Oh, they're barking. I'm surprised they're not. Yeah, my dogs. I'm surprised they're not barking. Mm. They're That's they're being surprise. really good. They must know that this is important. They know. They're, too, they're small. Because yeah. you know, dogs and you know animals are very intuitive. Oh, absolutely. They know. They know things too. I was yeah, a dog in a past life. That's. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I came back as a human. Wow. <laughs> No. I told you I have a sense wow. of humor. Yeah, I've had to have yeah, a sense well, of humor. Yeah, well, you have to have one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A sense of humor is good. Laughter is the best medicine. That's what they say. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. 
my daughter when and she that's was, not, and that's not that's not even that's so true. That's in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when my daughter was sick, her and I had a, a code word, mm-hmm. and what it and it, we came about it by accident is because I would go see her like on a Sunday. We'd take mm-hmm. I take her out, and we'd go shopping and stuff. And on Wednesday, I'd get a call from a surgeon or a head nurse going, "Hey, your daughter's in ICU, and can you get here?" Uh-huh. And um, so. When Kathy would get ready to go to the go to the hospital, and before she'd call nine one one, or mm-hmm. they would take her out of the because she spent a lot of time in rehabs because of okay. her conditions. What happened? She had ulcers, and her stomach bulged above her diaphragm, and Ooh. the ulcers ate through her stomach into her esophagus Ooh. into her heart. So every time her oh. heart pumped, it was pumping blood. She was. Oh, One time they had goodness. to put eight pints of blood in her in 24 hours. It was She was pumping it out as fast as they could put it in her. Oh, my goodness. So I mm. one time kidded her about, you know, Kathy, you really need to find a better travel agent. Mm-hmm. I said, they're really sticking you in some lousy motels. And she wow. started laughing. She had a good sense of humor even though she yeah. was sick. And she, yeah. this, and she goes, yeah. So then after that, every time she'd call me, she'd go, Mom. I'm going to the spa. <laughs> like, okay, Cass. <laughs> but that's what I mean. When even though I gave her up for adoption, I was she called me mom. Well, yeah. You know, it was, and her but kids like, were my like grandkids. When you finally but, reconnected, y'all innocently clicked. All automatic. It was we we looked like sisters because there was only 15 years wow. between us. Wow. You know, and. Yeah. Yeah, we lived, I'm serious, we lived together, we worked together, we partied together, you know, and I helped deliver her oldest boy, and, mm. but it was, but I can talk wow. about her now, and, and it's, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I miss her. She was my best friend. I'm sure, I really yeah. I miss her. I'm sure, so. yeah. But now, so, you're, you know, but, to the point where you can, you can talk about it. Talk about yeah. her, you know your your memories, your experiences, mm-hmm. you know. So that's good yeah. that you're in, you know, in that place where you can do that. Yeah. You know, you're a and strong person because. I know that I. <laughs> I've been told that so often. I think I'm too strong for men. I just. <laughs> I think I'm just too strong, and that's. They become intimidated, so it's like, oh well, I guess I'll just be oh, alone. Wow. They, oh well, <laughs> yeah, it's their loss. That stay it's over not there my and fault. I'll stay over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, what do you um? <laughs> well, we're we're after an hour and a half. Is there anything else that you wanna? Um, well, yeah, I have put a little bit more time on the clock because I knew we were going to go over. So, oh, okay, well, all right. Well, what we could do now is you can tell everybody, you know, the listening audience, how you can be reached on social media. Okay. I have Facebook, and if they if they type in Denise Fletcher, Michigan, mm-hmm. um, they should be able to find me that way. That's how I found if you. If I turn, <laughs> yeah, and then um, if they can go to contemplative dash thoughts which is dot blog spot 
com. I don't know if you can. I think you can Google me that way. Um, if you put my name in and Google for blogspot. Yeah, if you put your name in there and Google, you know Denise Fletcher and, and it'll say, bring like, up Michigan. Yeah. It's going to come up. Yes. Google and if you put it in there for Michigan, me. and I don't want to say the city Definitely. because of you know who. No, you don't have to say that. But you know, and you sit in Michigan, you're going to come up. You know? Yeah. That's how you can find yeah. a lot. If you want to find anything on yourself, you can just put in your name and whatever, and everything yeah. that you, your Twitter, your Instagram. I found yep. you on Instagram. Yeah. And for, <laughs> yeah, I followed you on Instagram. I'm all out there. Yeah, yeah I don't even go yeah. on there much anymore, but. Um, I know, because you know you didn't um, follow me back. No, mostly, mostly I do Twitter and my blog uh, yeah, and Facebook. Yeah, I see you on Twitter. You do a lot of Twitter. And yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm going Instagram, after the politicians, so I if you notice. Some, I sent you some <laughs> things on Instagram. I sent you, you know, about the show on Instagram to you, but you never liked it. So I said, well, she didn't follow me back. So she not, she don't no. get on Instagram too much. But if no. I get contact you through Twitter, boom. Twitter? Right you yep. love Twitter, and right? Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I love Twitter, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. a tweeter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um and on my on my blog it's it's called How Adversity Has Affected My Life. Mm-hmm. So if if they go in and they look under, you know, uh blogs and they, they see the one titled How Adversity Has Affected My Life, but the mm-hmm. the link is contemplative dot or not dot um dash, yeah. Dash thoughts dot blogspot. And that's where I'm at. And then Facebook yeah. and Twitter. And Twitter, right. I'm seventh daughter one. So if mm-hmm. they go at, at seventh daughter seventh one, daughter and one. it's a seven, right. yeah, it's a seven. It's not number seven. The the number seven. Out. Right. That's how people. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> they'll put seven. You know, spell it out. And I seven. and I figured by those three things, they keep me busy enough that. Oh yeah. Um and you then with all the writing I do. Busy, trust me. Yeah. And last yeah, and last night I painted for like three hours. Mm. You know, so uh I so gotta get some busy. more paintings. That's it, that's yeah. this is your life work right now. So, you know, work on them books, get them yeah, published, got get them you. out there, you know, 'cause they you know, they help somebody else 'cause you know, you're not alone. You know. Nope. There's other people out there that's been through some things too. They could use, You're yeah. not the only you know, one. Mm-hmm. As Kathy always said, the train coming through the, or I don't know, she goes, that light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. isn't always a train. Right. You know, so it's like, she was yeah. optimistic too, you know, even mm-hmm. regardless of everything my daughter had been through, um, she she was optimistic right up to the end. Yep. Well, but she used know. to tell people, yeah. She used to tell people I stay alive for my mom. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was hard. It was that was mm-hmm. of all the things. Well, I've had a hard, lot of hard things. Like when her kids got taken, that was horrible. Uh-huh. I that's in my blog. Yeah. I wrote about that. Yeah. Um I wrote about the last my last trip when I was driving to go identify her. But at that time, yeah. I didn't know she was dead. I just, yeah, it was like I own my own. That's why I bought a truck 
was because right. I wanted the freedom to go mm-hmm. to her at any time. Right. Because right. before that, I I drove for other people, and mm-hmm. I got stuck in te- in Texas, and the mm-hmm. heart surgeon from Cleveland Clinic called me to tell me mm-hmm. that she had been rushed in, and they had found another. Um, she had an aneurysm on the back side of her heart that they had to plug. Mm. And he goes, she's so lucky he, that they it didn't rupture because she would have had a major stroke. Oh um, so, you know, and then after that, then I had a husband and wife driving my truck, and I was training other drivers for other owner-operators because I mm. was really good at what I did. Right. And the jerk stole my truck the day after she died. <gasps> I oh just like, are you goodness. freaking kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> they, yeah, and they've been driving for me for like two months. Oh, and I my. told them, you know, that you know really? I wouldn't be available for a little while because Kathy had passed it because they knew she was mm-hmm. sick. So they just and I said I wouldn't be available, so that so it was like a red flag to them. Oh wow, we can take the truck and do whatever we you want. What? And they pulled it out of service <laughs> and went and bought their own. Lord. Mm mm mm. You know, I just so I've had some really rough times, and like the last time I got to talk to my oldest grandson, and he was eight years old at the time. He's eighteen now, but at that time he was eight years old. It was just before Christmas, and he was going, "Grandma, I get to go see my dad's mom, and I get to go visit," and and I'm going, "Oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh, you're what a great Christmas present, and blah, you know." Mm -hmm. I'm telling him just how happy I was. And the whole time I felt like somebody was ripping my heart of my chest because he didn't know, but I knew through the caseworker that his father had said that I wouldn't be able to ever see him again. Wow. You know, and I'm like, Mm. I, I think between my daughter and my oldest grandson that day, that those two Mm. were the heart. Those were harder than, putting up with the abuse because, you know, yeah, me, what, you don't know how a mother is about oh, the children. Me. Do what I you know. want to do to me, but, but, but my kids don't and my grandkids, not, you better not. Don't oh even. Oh, my goodness. Please, don't please, Lord. Don't mess with my kids. No. I, I or your grandbabies. When do you have grandbabies? I don't have no grandbabies yet, but Wait. You know, oh, I they just. children. But and oh. trust me. Nobody better not ever <laughs> mess with my children. Because yep. that's, I yep. go in a blackout mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you say what you I, want about me, I'll be like, yeah, all right, whatever. But don't touch. Those were times where. My I, children. Yeah. Those were times when I could actually feel my heart and my insides actually yeah. being crushed mm-hmm. from the emotional so that's a, that's a burden of. That's your child. Oh, and, yeah. You know, your grandchildren, don't mess with them. Because no. it ain't going to be nice. Mm. No. It's, and, but I'm so happy now that I've got the oldest one back mm. in my life. And right. He That's turned great. 18 this month, so he'll be graduating mm. high school and he's going on to college. Oh. And, oh, yeah. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. So hopefully this next month I can go see him. Yeah. Depends that, you know. Yeah. But I'm on a fixed income, so everything is got to, you know, I got to you know, pay the bills. You know, like you do, you just pray on it. You know, God, make a way. Yeah. 
Yes, indeed. Yeah. So now I just want you to give, like, uh, what advice would you have for somebody that's in an abusive relationship? That's my last question. <laughs> okay. What what they need to do is get their documents, any kind of documents they can get their hands on. Mm-hmm. And if they can't do it, have a family member or a friend who they can trust to mm-hmm. request it from right. the different governments, um, mm-hmm. city, state, whatever, and have them hang on to it. There's small fees. It's not real expensive. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when a woman is leaving, she has no money. When I right. left, I had $5 in my purse, and I took mm-hmm. the food stamps out of food stamp book. So I use food stamps sometimes with, you know, mm-hmm. to to eat because I didn't have it. Right. All I had was yeah. $5. Wow. And so if they can stash away money. And the thing about it, a lot of women who are in abusive situation are very intelligent mm-hmm. women. That's what's so scary because I'm not yeah. a dummy by no means. Yeah. How did I do it twice? But, you know, How did I do happen? it? Cause it's like because, because I trust you it. don't know in the beginning because sometimes people can mm-hmm. really be really nice in the beginning. Yeah. And, oh. you know, yeah, and they think that once, like, oh, well, he keeps calling me. He really cares about me. You know, they think they're not thinking yeah. that way. You know, yeah, that they're you, you mistake that for yes. They don't realize they're in it until they really in it. In it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They mistake so, it for love, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so that, guilty of it. That's what I did. I, that's, you know, I mistake it for have love. To be, you can be intelligent. You can be whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, but see, I didn't, when I was growing up, I didn't know what love was. Yeah. So when, when someone's showing me attention and that, that I thought they cared, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was warning signs. Right. Because right. I, I didn't know what love was. Mm-hmm. So how, how could I? Yeah. You, you didn't you know, know how to deal so, with that. You didn't right. And then the other thing to... is make sure they have code words with someone in the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, like, and make sure it's not something obvious like yellow brick road. Right. Yeah, that's you know, a little obvious. Like, yeah. really? Yeah. Where are you going on that road? <laughs> right. You know, and then that one. set him, because that set him off, and that wasn't even that's a code a good, word. We were that's just not making, even, but, but that's what I'm saying. That's not even a good code word. So No, say something like, what are you, you doing Wednesday? Like, yeah, Like, what are you doing Wednesday? Something. Yeah, something that is a normal yeah, thing in your that's conversation. Yeah, something a normal thing to say, because a yellow big roll would be like, really, though? <laughs> yeah. How often would that come up in a conversation? <laughs> no, no, probably yeah. never. <laughs> Normally, yeah. never. So, code word, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't um, know if it will ever come up. What are you doing for I your birthday, or, or right, when's or your birthday normal. again? Something you know, really like, when's normal. your birthday again? You know, some, yeah, mm-hmm. something or that would send a red flag. Or your phone is breaking up. And the up. other thing phone, is, would you, what? I don't know why. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. It could be the weather because it's horrible up here right now. Yeah, well, that, could, that helps. It's a long way yeah. between Michigan and, and Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. We're being hacked. 
Um, oh boy. The other thing, the other thing that I did th- that in, uh, that I learned, and sometimes I didn't have to do, but I learned was if you have a regular schedule, and all of a sudden warning signs. Oh, uh, where'd you get that bruise at? How come your arm hurts? How come you're how come you're uh, limping? You know, your family needs to be aware of this stuff. And I don't know how families are now, but back in the day, it was like, well, just leave him. Oh, yeah, I'll just leave him. Sure. Mm. You know, I did just leave him. What happened? I ended up in jail. Yeah. You know, that's not normal. Mm -mm. You know, that should have never happened. But that was back in the 70s. No, not 70s. That was back in the 80s. I I don't think that would happen now. I, I hope not. No, I don't think so either. I hope not. But um, one of the things you got to watch out for on man, possessiveness, um, trying and never attending like family functions, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to keep you away. Or all of a sudden you meet in Detroit, Michigan, and you move to uh, Kansas City, Missouri. And there's no family there. There's no relatives, no nothing. He's trying to isolate the, you from from that. Now, unless it was a transfer of a job or something, that you know that'd be yeah. different. But if he just wants to up, pick up, and move yeah. and take you That's some places that far away from your family, right? So that you have mm-hmm. no resources. They're trying right. to eliminate any possibility or anybody that knows mm-hmm. you that would know that there's a difference in your personality, right? That yeah, um. What else did I always notice? I know it was possessiveness, the dominating, the controlling. And But you know what? It's really funny because not my first one, but the second one, mm-hmm. everybody loved him. Mm. Oh, he's the nicest guy. He's smart. He's He works hard. Because he would put on the front. Oh, he yeah, I was excellent at it. Mm. Oh, yeah, he was. So they never... And then, of course, so then a they woman believe her mouth you shut. if you told them or something, you know. It's like, oh yeah. Because some people won't if they feel feel like that person is a nice person, and you tell them that they they might not believe you. You know. Oh, he sang and he sang in the choir at church. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. You know. It's. It's yeah, just. Well. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think about it. I think about like now when I first met this person, this last one. Mm-hmm. There were signs, but I was desperate. I was lonely. Well, you know, you know, I, I didn't listen to my gut instincts. That's the other thing. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about instincts. Gotta, I didn't listen gotta, to my gut instincts. To them instincts, so them instincts will not steer you wrong. No, they won't. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. And it's bet and it's better to to uh follow your instinct and be wrong oh, yeah. than not yeah, to listen not because to. when you don't because. listen is when it turns out really horrible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. True. And then the other thing, all of a sudden and and their family don't like that. That's another mm-hmm. thing I've noticed. Mm-hmm. When their family um has issues with them. 
when right. I'm gonna I'm walking to let the dogs in. Um, mm-hmm. And I noticed both of them didn't get along with their family members. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and liars. Oh, when every time you catch them in little lies. Yeah. It was like, well, that you know, and pay attention when you're dating them. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? That's when you gotta really like pay attention, like when you're dating. That's like yes. when you get your warning sign. Because they're, yeah. they're going to come up sometime during the time that you're dating, you know. But some people wait yeah. until after they get married and then they start, you know, because you never know. Yeah. As on the person. Yeah. And the best thing I would say, especially with today's technology, which I didn't have back then, mm-hmm. is Google it. Mm-hmm. Go to some of these websites for abuse centers. They Ooh. have great information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have Background great check. It's yeah, they they give you a checklist oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. of what's what to watch what's for. Going on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I wish I'd had it then. Well, yeah. no, then I wouldn't have a book to write. So, no. So, so. well, <laughs> so we're gonna get ready trying. to uh, wrap up the show because we don't okay. want the studio to shut down on us. And I always right. end my show with a serenity prayer. And it goes, okay. God grant me the serenity mm-hmm. to accept the things I cannot change. Mm-hmm. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will. I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. And I just want to say to you, Denise, it was such a pleasure and an honor having you on the show today. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, and I hope that, you know, it will help, it will touch many people, you know, their lives, you know, and that they really got something out of it, you know. So we're going to say goodnight. You know, it's not the end. They can go on. That's right. So, you know, we're going to say goodnight to everyone, you know, and thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story with us. <laughs> it was really a pleasure. Well, really a pleasure. Yeah. And on three, we're well, going to say good night so to everyone. You're welcome. And good night, everybody. Can, you know, thank you for listening. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Recovery Corner Blog Talk Radio Show. Good night, Denise. Yeah. Good night, Tanya. <laughs>